What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Magazine, and let's listen up, fellas. 2020 officially sucked, but it's almost New Year's, which means we have some new resolutions and new ways to attack 2021. And let's do that with our sponsors over at Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, helping 2 million men all over the world Get rid of the unnecessaries. If you let yourself go in 2020, we're not going to fault you for that. It was quite the year, but you know, with quarantine and everything, we'll give it to you. But right now, we're focusing on the new year, new you, and Manscaped is here to reboot and stay clean and shaven in 2021. Manscaped is is giving you guys the perfect package 3.0, which comes with their Lawnmower 3.0. And the Lawnmower 3.0, this thing is a diamond in the rough. It's the best thing that I discovered in 2020. It is waterproof and is a skin-safe trimmer, reducing nicks to your two best friends. The third-generation trimmer even has a light to give you the glow-up you need in 2021. 2020 was awful, so make sure your boys are refreshed and ready for new beginnings in 2021. Manscaped is here to help you guys out, helping the listeners of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye podcast out. We're going to get you guys 20% off and free shipping with the code LAZYEYE at manscaped.com. That's right. You're going to get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code LAZYEYE at checkout at manscaped.com. New year, new you. Your balls will thank you. Now let's get to this week's show. This is the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. So here we are, 20 episodes, and the 20th is a good one. I, I definitely recommend you stick around for this. We have Kaylee Griffin, and Kaylee is the uh, courtside reporter for the Houston Rockets. I almost just said sideline, like, like, like the Houston Rockets football team. But Kaylee is also a fellow friar, so it was just so great to have um, Kaylee on the show and talk about, quite honestly a crazy time of the year we did this interview back i think the day after the nba season wrapped up in october and the lakers won the championship here we are the nba season is already back and in full swing so i thought this was a perfectly timed uh perfectly timed episode to have kaylee talks about everything that went on between march and and october and what that was like to go from doing courtside interviews to courtside interviews with boom mics and trying to social distance what happened with Rudy Gobert and, and literally the NBA stopping on a dime and then doing courtside interviews while they're in Miami on Zoom, unlike anything we've ever seen before. It was, I mean, I don't have to tell you twice, the sports world as we know it has just been so, so different this year. But we talk all about that. We give our Providence predictions and we do have high hopes for this team because we were robbed of the Final Four last year. You can tell me otherwise, but we were headed to the national championship, and uh, we were never going to lose another game after after beating Villanova in Philly in late February, headed right into the Big East tournament. We weren't going to lose, and that's just a fact. So good luck to Coach Cooley and the boys this year. An absolutely all-time interview with Kaylee. Please enjoy Kaylee Griffin. All right. Well, today I want to welcome on another fellow friar. Kaylee Griffin <laughs> is a host and reporter for AT&T Sportsnet in Houston, and she's the courtside reporter for the Houston Rockets on AT&T Sportsnet. She has been seen on many different networks, including platforms for CBS Sports, Fox Sports, and ESPN, covering NBA basketball, college sports, as both a host and reporter. And she joins us today. Kaylee, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to a fellow Friar. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, Kaylee, I, I think the first thing we should do here on the podcast is take a big sigh of relief. Uh, we're recording this here on October 14th. The NBA season just wrapped up on Sunday night, crowning the Lakers as champs. You obviously spent some time covering the bubble action. And then when the Rockets exited the bubble, you didn't even take a break. You went right into Astros baseball. So how like, have you gotten much time to relax? Honestly, no, because the Astros are still playing. So I am actually yes. still on Astros uh, coverage from afar. We don't do the games live anymore, but I'm still on all their media availabilities, pre and post game, doing interviews in the afternoon. I didn't have an interview today, which was nice, but usually I have one or two interviews pre-game uh, for that as well. So it's been a busy few months, to say the least, but uh, I mean, obviously... 
for, for any of us that are working in sports, it's been a challenge just not knowing what the future was going to hold when we would be returning to work uh, when everything was put on pause back in March. So although it was crazy and it's been a crazy few months, uh, I think all of us that are working in this industry are very grateful to be back to work in some capacity. And I think as like a fan of sports, I think we're all thankful that you guys are back. I think like that was the biggest question mark in March and all that was like, when are we going to get sports back? Because it, it was like inevitable, but there was still so many questions and we'll definitely get into like all the bubble and, and, and sports as a whole. But I want to definitely start at the beginning. We have a saying on this show, every story does have a beginning. So let's start with yours. You're originally from Stanford, Connecticut, correct? Yes, I am from Stanford originally, born and raised, uh, grew up there, went through high school, and then I actually lived at home for two years when I graduated from Providence. So uh, yeah, bounced around, but I'm originally from the Northeast. Do you have, did you have any brothers and sisters growing up or was it just you or... Yes, I have two younger sisters. Um, I'm the oldest. I have. I am 27. My middle sister is 26, and then my youngest sister is a senior in college. She's 21. So, is she at Providence or? She is not at Providence. She goes to Mass. I trust me. I know when she. I was pushing and swaying because my mom went to Providence too. So yeah. we have a. We are deep rooted friars, but she kind of wanted to break the mold a little bit, which I don't blame her. I mean, she wanted to kind of do her own thing, and um, but I tried and tried. But yeah. unfortunately it didn't work. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so like you just said, your mom played uh, played basketball for Providence. When did you like first really get into sports? I feel like I was playing sports my whole life. Like my parents just put my sisters and I in everything growing up. We started doing dance when we were three years old. And then it was soccer and tennis and swimming and every, I mean, we tried everything growing up. And then um, I probably started playing basketball competitively in a league when I was in third grade and played my whole life through high school. Um, and then I, and I also played volleyball as well. And um, that's kind of where it all started. But my, both my parents were collegiate athletes and they had a love for sports and it quickly rubbed off on my sisters and I. And um, for me, it was something that I was so passionate about and obviously still so passionate about. Right. Um, and it was something that I didn't know if I was going to pursue in college or not. I ended up not continuing to play in college. Um, and I, it was a good decision for me. I know everyone has their own story, but I'm very glad that I chose to just go to Providence and actually pursue this passion of mine, which is probably a little bit of a different path than everybody else, but it worked out for me. So, Yeah. So when did you start thinking you wanted to get into television? I mean, you, you went off to Providence and you, you got your bachelor's in humanities and minored in film. When did, yes. when was like the, like, I want to get into TV? Um, when I was a senior in high school, I was given the opportunity to intern for a local newspaper in Stanford. And so I'd go to the newspaper after practice and I'd just write up the sports blurbs. I'd take co uh, calls from coaches and stuff like that. And I thought it was the coolest thing. And I was really doing nothing, but I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I was given the opportunity to blog for the newspaper as well about high school sports and everything like that. And I think that's where I started to really find my passion for journalism and writing and things like that. And um, then probably when I was a sophomore at Providence, after I came in undeclared, that was when I, I kind of was like, you know, Providence is a communications major. Now they kind of do, or they're making a minor, which is amazing. But when I was there, they didn't really have any sort of mm -hmm. communication at all. Um, so I went in undeclared and didn't really know. I was like, maybe... I know I think this is something I want to do, but I love Providence so much. I'm not going to choose the school based off a of major at 17. Right. What if I don't want to do that? Um, so after about a year, I still felt like that was something that I really wanted to pursue. So then my sophomore year is when I got really serious about, okay, now I need to figure out how I can make this career path mine at this school with what they have to offer and what internships do I need to go after and how do I make this work for me here? Right. Yeah. That's kind of like leading me to my next question. So like, like you said, Providence, we, we, uh, we, we're still friars. Uh, yes. We didn't have like a communications major mm -hmm. and, you know, we've had students like create their own major in that sense, but we didn't have like the quintessential journalism communications title for a degree. Now you right. went off to work on different internships within the industry, but like from a degree standpoint, you didn't have that like journalism communications. How did you really get your foot into the door of the industry and I guess the follow-up question for that is what kind of advice can you give a young college student or even a young professional that maybe is looking to pivot careers early? 
Yeah, so it was challenging because I had to kind of figure out what was the best major that would allow me to set myself up to look like a great candidate while still not necessarily getting that journalism degree. So humanities, after doing some research, allowed me to take a lot of communications courses, whether it be journalism and have it count towards my major. And of course, the film minor at that point was really the only thing that allowed me to get video production and, and courses like that. So that's why I jumped on that. Um, I studied abroad with Boston University, and I was in their school of communication there. And all of those courses ended up counting towards my major. So it just worked out that humanities seemed to be the best course of action for me in terms of taking classes and internships around the communications field that would have it uh, set myself up to kind of make it look like a, a pseudo journalism broadcast journalism whatever you want to call it degree um, right. at that point they didn't really offer those the opportunity to create your own major like they are now which is amazing um, but also I think in this field in particular it's really getting that hands-on experience and you can really only do that by getting out and having these internships so um, I knew I was already kind of a step behind a lot of the students that were at those big journalism schools like Syracuse, Northwestern, right. what have you. I had to go out there yeah. and, and take advantage of as much as I could. So um, I was aggressive in my sophomore going into junior summer. I applied for an internship in Stanford at NBC Universal. I ended up getting it. And from then on was able to kind of build my resume. So it's a little bit of luck in terms of hopefully getting your foot into the door. I kind of got that one on a women didn't use a, uh, a contact, but a lot of people have to use that way to get their resume in front of somebody. Right. But I, I suggest for, especially in this field or in sports media, media in general is to, to get that experience as early as you can in terms of internships, because I think that really shows that you're willing to put in the work and put in the effort. And when you get that hands-on experience, there's really nothing like it. And, and of course, you're making connections and building those connections and relationships when you have those internships at these networks, at these stations, wherever you may be, that will ultimately help you when you're looking for a job post-grad because they've seen your work, they know how you do your work and how you conduct yourself. And that would probably be my biggest advice is to take advantage of those opportunities and building those relationships with the people that you work around. Definitely. I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's definitely about the people you surround yourself with. We've talked about that a lot on the podcast. Becoming successful is definitely have to do with the people that you ultimately surround yourself with. Um, yeah. But kind of grow, uh, growing into the industry here, who are some of the people that you really looked up to once getting your foot in the door here, in, especially in sports? Well, I think obviously as a friar, it's very obvious. I know you're already smiling, so everybody knows my answer to this one. Uh, Doris Burke is the queen of all sports media, and yes. we are very fortunate to have her as part of the friar family. And I was fortunate enough to be able to speak to her probably starting my junior year of college. Mm. And we built a relationship, and she has helped me tremendously. Uh, obviously, now we are... Um, I, I see her quite often throughout the year, which is so great, um, right. but she is one of those people that has set the standard so high for not only women, but just people in general in the sports media world. And to have that relationship, she's so kind and thoughtful to anybody who meets her. Everyone has the same things to say about her, but especially having that Friar connection, I really believe like she loves when she meets a friar, she just absolutely loves it and jumps all over it. She actually was in San Antonio when I was down there and I had two of my girlfriends from Providence visiting me mm -hmm. and we saw her at the game and we're talking to her and she was like, we have to go get drinks after the game. And we literally met her to go get drinks after oh the game. It was so great. And she, it's just cause she like wants to know what's going on. She's, right. oh, she's the best. So uh, for me, like that was the, gold standard right off the bat and it's to this day right. i mean she continues to elevate uh, the platform for women in sports so i still continue to look up to her so much I, I keep in contact with her all the time she's great just to touch base so um for me doris is definitely that person definitely and and that was definitely like a, a lead-in question i was gonna <laughs> i mean we i'd be remiss if we didn't bring up the friar town legend of doris burke yes. um i mean my my doris burke story is not as cool as yours but i did, <laughs> we did get to have the opportunity to have a dinner with her as an as an athlete at providence and it was i got to actually sit at her table and like i just like i was starstruck and and i don't care who you are how cool you are i mean doris burke she's a pioneer she's a trailblazer she's all, all the good things. And uh, I actually got to introduce Doris to the, to like the rest of the group, I guess I like introed her and I was just like, 
this, so cool. I, I, yeah, I didn't even, like, I felt like I shouldn't have been there. <laughs> I mean, I think what people don't even realize is how down to earth she is and yes. so normal. Like when you have a conversation with her, it's like talking to someone that you've known your whole life, which is so amazing because you see her on TV and you see her and she's just, I mean, she's awesome and everybody loves her. But when you meet her, you almost can't believe that this person is seriously so sincere in person as you hope that she would be. And she really is. She, she really is. And like, she's just, she's so cool. She's got so much swag to her. Like the, whether she does it behind the back in her high heels on the court or whatever. I mean, and she goes toe to toe with the best. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't think anyone else in the industry can give LeBron sass back and For she sure. does it. No questions asked. She's the best. She is the absolute best. But so let's, let's talk about that a little bit in, in kind of a, a male dominant field in sports reporting where were you ever like intimidated getting into the industry? Like what were your peers telling you when you're like, guys, I really want to start sports reporting. It's actually funny because I think back to college and I used to say, I mean, all the time I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to be a sports reporter. I'm going to be at a network. It's going to be awesome. And right. my guy, I was on the intramural athletic board of Providence. So I have my really close guy friends from uh, the board and I'm still so close with them. Um, we talk all the time and huge Friar basketball fans. We got a group chat going on all the time, but <laughs> they were always like, okay, kind of like, yeah, sure. Like, okay, we'll see. Mm-hmm. And, but for the most part, I never really felt, I wasn't really intimidated. Like, I don't know. I just knew that this was something that I wanted to do. And I also didn't, I think at first I didn't really think of all that would entail or, right. or what it would take um, and the journey it would take me on. I had no clue what was going to be ahead of me, but um, I was never really intimidated by the thought of it being a male dominated role. And I think it's because more as of late, we're seeing more females come into the picture and there are a lot more females on your television and um, they're gaining a lot more respect. And ultimately that's just really what we want is for us to be respected as well. Um, we do as much, if not more research and work and are just as, if not more prepared than anybody else and any of our co- colleagues. And um, I think we just don't want to feel like we're questioned every time we're on the air because um, I've been in situations where I've been next to a guy who is a sports fan and someone will talk about the team that I work for to them and they won't ask me. And I'm like, why are you not asking me these questions? This is something that I can tell you like the back of my hand. So I think that's the most frustrating part. And I think that's just what we want is the respect is we know just as much, if not more, this is my job. Like people forget that this is literally my job. I cover this team every single day. I'm at practice with them. I'm on the plane with them. I'm with them all the time. If you need knowledge of, the Houston Rockets or the NBA as a whole. Like I'm the person you want to talk to. Don't shrug me off because I'm a female. Like this is, this is what I do. Right. Exactly. And I, and I want to talk a little bit about that respect. I think in, in, it seems like females in the industry, women in the industry get judged far more for things that aren't quite frankly, have anything to do with sports. Yeah. Like when it comes to their reporting, I think Erin Andrews said it perfectly in one of her interviews, it became more about what I was wearing and who I was dating rather than the sports that I was reporting. For sure. So, I mean, I don't have like an answer and, and maybe you do, but how do, how do we get society as a whole to drop this stupid narrative as females can't report on sports and they, they should be sticking to fashion or whatever. Like I feel so stupid saying those stupid, like cliche things. No, I I honestly don't know if there's an answer to that. And I think it almost makes it worse because now Twitter exists and any person can create a Twitter account behind an egg and say whatever they want to you. And uh, fortunately I haven't received too many negative things every once in a while you get something and I'm not nearly on the level as an Aaron Andrews or somebody like that who gets just bombarded every single time they do their job. Mm -hmm. Um, The I've always heard don't read the comments and I tell my mom that too because she always goes through everything and she's reading the comments and she's like did you see what this person said? I'm like mom who cares like who is this person? They have three followers like it doesn't matter. (laughs) I just like they're sitting on their couch and they what I'm here and I'm doing my job and they're sitting on their couch who doing nothing. So like, let's not even think about it, but I don't know if there's a right answer. I think it's just hoping that there is progress. And I think we're seeing that. Um, Unfortunately, I think there's always going to be somebody who has something to say. Um, 
you know, it's something that we all think about. I mean, I, I take pride in what I wear as well, and I'm not trying to impress anyone. I want, I try to look professional and I try to incorporate my own style as well. And if someone doesn't like it, then that's really their problem. I just want to make sure that the people I work for think that I'm dressed appropriately and think that I look okay, because that's all that really matters to me is the people that are, I work for and who pay my salary. And, um, you're never going to please everybody, unfortunately. And um, like I said, social media makes it so much worse, but um, I think we're making progress, which is the good thing. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's kind of interesting that all these men decide that they're the fashionistas of the world. <laughs> they know exactly what females should be wearing on, on camera or off camera, or whatever. It's, it's, it's just, it baffles me sometimes the comments that get made about what a, a woman reporter is wearing. It's, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I had one. It was actually so interesting on International Women's Day. I posted a picture with me and the other female reporter that we have at our network who mm. does the Astros. And we were sitting down because we had done a segment um, for our pregame show. And we were both in black dresses down to our knees. But when you sit, like the dress naturally goes up a little bit. So we're sitting in these chairs and this some egg on Twitter is berating us for our outfits saying how inappropriately dressed we were, um, how naming different reporters saying yeah. they would never wear a dress or a skirt. I'm like, okay, literally just type in their name on Google and you will see them wearing a dress or a skirt at some point in their life and broadcasting probably last week. Right. Um, so it's just, you just take it with a grain of salt. Like you just can't, again, just don't read the comments. Don't re read the responses. It is what it is. You know that you're how you're dressed and what you feel is appropriate and that's really up to you and i take like i said i take a lot of pride in making sure that i'm dressed appropriately and that i look nice and that right. i am ready to go for work and again like i don't want the focus to be on my outfit i want the focus to be on what i'm saying and right. so i tried to you know make that the most important thing absolutely so you know you talked a little bit about it right more and more women are getting into the industry so what advice do you have for the next Kaylee Griffin in college right now or high school that wants to get into sports broadcasting so my biggest pieces of advice for for students looking to get into the industry is connections and relationships right off the bat um, someone once told me it's not who you know it's who knows you and I think that's really important because you can say you know somebody and that you're connected to them but if they're not willing to reach out on your behalf then that connection and relationship isn't really as strong as you thought it is so it's it's who is willing to reach out for you and who were you able to build relationships with and that's been so important to me on my path to where I am now is building relationships at every stop that I've had, whether it was at the Big East with the staff there and the, the, the staffs then at the, the Big East schools. And then when I was in San Antonio and in Cleveland and now here, because all of those have helped me get to where I am now, whether it be when I'm interviewing for a job, having people from the Big East reach out to San Antonio, having people from San Antonio reach out to Houston. It's all gotten me in front of the people for my next job, which is so important. So yeah. um, building those relationships is crucial. Um, I would say be prepared and know that it's not going to be, you're going to live in New York and you're going to have your dream job because that's not what's going <laughs> to happen. Right. I was very naive in thinking that I was going to just wake up and have a great job in New York and be with all my friends and it would be a seamless transition and that was not the case at all and if you would have told me that in my six years after I graduated college that I would have lived three of them in Texas I would have said you're out of your mind so it never goes as planned but just be mentally prepared for that and understand what you're going to give up to an extent you're right. going to have to probably move places that you never thought you would live you would you're right. going to work on the weekends you're going to work holidays nights every night like it's that's just the name <laughs> of the game so yeah um it's understanding that first because i think if you don't fully grasp that then it could be a little bit of a shock and a frustration feeling um but if you love it then it's the best job in the world I, every time i walk into a new arena i cannot believe that this is my job and that this is what i get to do every single night it's so cool yeah um and then probably just off of that is to take a step back every once in a while and appreciate the journey and where you've been and, and how you've gotten here. Because I, I think I have to remind myself, I know I have to remind myself of that a lot because you always are so quick to think of the next step 
and where you where you're going to go or where you want to be and you're, you don't really take the time to appreciate what you've done so far right. and how, what how you've gotten here and i've had to remind myself that a lot and i always tell students that i talk to on the phone because some are in such a huge rush i had i talked to a freshman in college the other day and she was already like i i need to shadow you this year and i need to get like three oh internships and i was like Whew, take a breath you yeah. are 18 years old it's going to be fine you also need to enjoy the time that you have in college as well there's a finding that perfect balance but when you're working and trust me i've hit a number of walls that have not been perfect and i've been very frustrated and i don't understand why things aren't going a certain way but I've also had to remind myself to okay, okay, take a step back and like think about what you did this year. Like when when I was at the Big East, you just covered the Villanova winning the national championship. When I was in San Antonio, you just covered the Spurs going to the Western Conference Finals. Like there were so many things along the way that I was taking for granted and not even right. realizing. And it's sometimes good to remind yourself that you have to appreciate what you've accomplished so far and how soon you've done it and where you are in your career that you never expected to be. Definitely. And I think, especially for college students now, I think with this uncertainty that what's going on, I mean, like yeah. education in and of itself has so many questions. Like I bet you the freshmen have like so many oh questions gosh. on internships. I mean, I always said freshman year, go back to that summer job you did in high school. It's just kind of yeah. like uh, take a, take a break. You just finished your freshman year. Right. And then, and then after that, that's when you can really start making those moves. But yeah, I mean, they probably are just like scrambling. Oh my gosh. It's, it's been so hard. My poor sister is a senior right now and she's, yeah. in media production and she had her internship thankfully over the summer went online so she was able to do all the editing virtually but there's so much that you miss not being in a actually at a place and meeting those people and of course yeah. you can build it virtually but it is so different and the only thing that I've the advice I can give is you kind of have to just adapt to the time right now because we don't know what's going to happen in the future and same with us even broadcasting um, here in Houston, when the games were happening in Orlando, like it wasn't the ideal situation, but we don't know what next season's going to look like. And we could still be here in Houston calling these games. So it was good for us to kind of get that under our feet and, and learn how to do it because this, we don't know when we're going to be going right. back to normal. This might be the normal for the time being. So it's just right. kind of about adapting to the situation right now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So I've always wanted to ask this to a reporter. I think fans see a sideline interview at, or a courtside interview, right? As like, wow, they get to be so up close and personal and talk to the coolest player on the court right now or the, you know, the best coach who's got the best advice. But I feel like at times it's not as all glamorous as people make it to sound. So has there ever been like a time where, you know, you're on the sideline, you're doing your job, you have to grab the player, the coach, heading into halftime, heading into the third quarter, and they just wouldn't give you the time of day, they did not care, whatnot? Um, I have not had that happen to me, um, fortunately. So when I do, so I do an interview at halftime with an assistant coach, and we mm. know ahead of time um, that we had just two guys that would do it. And so they knew when like their day was, but before the game, I'd always like tap them on the shoulder before the game and just to remind them like halftime, you're coming to me. And then yeah. post game, we work with our PR staff. So they know who we're grabbing and they also help to kind of initiate it. So it's not just like me grabbing whoever I want. Right. Um, <laughs> so like, okay, James, come here. Yeah. It's PR <laughs> knows that this is happening. So they kind of finagle that or they'll for James or Russell, they'll tell their security guy to make sure that they come to me. So I haven't really had any issues in terms of actually grabbing guys. The only thing this year that I, ha that I had to, kind of maneuver around was we had um, Vince Carter's last game in Houston and James was my walk-off and we were doing the interview and then Vince Carter comes over. So I had to like do the dip and dodge to get out of the way so they could have their moment. Right. Um, so that was probably my only like, okay, ha I gotta get away from my question, get out of the screen. Yeah. <laughs> Let them do their thing and then come back into the interview. But right. I haven't really had anybody, I haven't had anyone walk away from me mm -hmm. because they kind of know. And we also make sure like if we did James one night, we won't do him for a couple games just because you don't want to like, you just don't want to hit them, especially for me. I do every single game. So if Nationals going, they do James or Russell every single – that's just who they pick from our team. Right. But for us, since we do every game, we try to space it out more so we're not hitting them every night because we could literally probably get James Harden or Russell Westbrook most nights, um, right. just depending on how the game goes. 
Right. Have you gotten like the, the, the Gatorade shower on accident yet? Or like has someone like Kelman gotten you yet? Or <laughs> I have not. I've avoided those. I've actually kind of, I want that to happen to me. Yeah, right. I'm Obviously. Like, like, that's like, that's like, that's like your, that's like your Super Bowl. Yeah. No, we haven't had, there hasn't really been a moment. Like I was uh, this year where the one time I thought would be something was Eric Gordon had 50 points in Utah, but it was an NBA TV game. So we didn't get the first walk off. I had the second choice, um, but Eric actually walked to me. And so I was not going to say anything and just try to finagle and just get the, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they pulled him away because <laughs> he walked right to me and I was like, Oh, let me, you can just do yeah, it really quick. I'm ready. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but no, I have not, we didn't have any game winners this year. We unfortunately lost at the buzzer a couple times. So I was getting ready. There were a couple times I was on the floor, thought we were winning and then we lost at the buzzer. So uh, that stinks, but no, I yeah. have not so that's that's like my that's a bucket list thing that right. i can't control but i want to happen right definitely <laughs> so you like you've mentioned you've worked in many different sports in many different cities like you worked at the big east um san antonio with the spurs cleveland with the Cavs, and now houston with the rockets has yes. it been difficult picking up everything and heading to these new cities and i know you said it's not the quintessential job in new york but i mean cleveland's like the new york of the midwest right <laughs> Okay, Cleveland was not so bad. Everyone gives a really bad so bad. I really, I really will. No, honestly, I I actually enjoyed living in Cleveland. And I yeah. think it's because it kind of reminded me of the Northeast. Mm. Um, obviously, it's not too far. It was like an eight-hour drive from Stanford. So um, Cleveland, I, I actually, I really enjoyed living in. Um, Texas has been hard for me to adjust to, I think, just because I think Texas is about as polar opposite of the Northeast as possible. Pretty much. Um, yes. <laughs> But it's been good for me. I think it made me grow up moving and having to really figure it out and just going somewhere and not knowing a soul. And um, fortunately for me, I this job entails so much. So it, you don't really even have time to think about being by yourself or anything because you're just going, going, going. Right. Um, but it has been tough. Um, unfortunately for me, moving to San Antonio, moving to Cleveland and moving to Houston, I all found out and needed to be there in two weeks every time. Oh my goodness. So that has been really tough. So I've become a master packer, but yeah. the actual art of moving that fast is really not great. I don't recommend it. Yeah. Um, and so my parents want to kill me every right. single time. So I'm hoping that that doesn't happen for a long, 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 long time. But it has been literally got San Antonio. They're like, we need you here in two weeks. And I had to... I was living at home. So that was more of like, just fly down there and buy everything. And then from there I have everything. So I moved Cleveland home and then Houston, I found out I had to be here in two weeks and I had to pay a mover some exorbitant amount of money to make right. sure that I got all my stuff down in time because right. moving trucks too, like they, if you're moving across country, it can take them three or four weeks. And I was like, no, I have a road trip. But as soon as I get down, like I need my stuff here. Cause I'm not going to be here. Right. So I had to pay so much money to get it moved. So it's, it's not glamorous. It's not ideal. I don't recommend it, but um, it has been cool for me to move around. I think it's been a, a good experience. Uh, of course, someday, hopefully I, I want to get back to the Northeast. That's where all my family and my friends are. Uh, but this is, I, I've really enjoyed living in Houston. I love the city. Um, I, I love working for this team. So it's been a, it's been a good move for me right now. And I'm, I'm really happy with the situation I'm in. Yeah. I mean, two, I have two weeks. I mean, like <laughs> I live in Boston and I, my lease is up every May and I'm like, yeah. in like January, I'm like, gotta get ready. Gotta get ready. <laughs> so I don't even know it's, what two weeks is like. Don't recommend it. It has been, <laughs> and that's unfortunately like another thing in the industry, which again, that's what I'm trying, like I try to tell people and I'm like, you can't prepare for that, but you have to just know that it's part of it because if the right opportunity comes and they're like, you have to be here in two weeks, then you have to go. Like you just have to figure it out. Right. And it's, and overwhelming feeling i can't tell you like the last time when i found from cleveland houston i was like calling my mom and i'm like i don't know how i'm gonna be able to get this done like i really don't see it she's like you're gonna get it done yeah You've done it two times already right it's gonna be fine but it's, right. it is it's a totally overwhelming feeling to be like oh my god i have to pack up my whole life again and move it not like a couple hours away it's like a two and a half day drive away right. so it's it's crazy we're going to take a quick break from this interview to hear from our new sponsors over at IPS Surf and Water Sports. This new partnership I'm so stoked about, IPS Surf 
is an exclusive water sport complex located right on Long Lake in the beautiful lake region of Maine. They offer personalized instruction for a variety of different water sports, including wake surfing, water skiing, and many more. Originally from Westford, Massachusetts, founder and world champion wake surfer Ian Scott found his love and passion for water sports at a very early age. He's dedicated to sharing his years of action sport wisdom with his clients and unlocking that true potential in people that they didn't even realize they had. Guys, entering a new element, especially the water, for many people can be an intimidating journey. So IPS Surf is here to provide a safe and specialized instruction to ensure their customers leave with a smile on their face and that feeling of accomplishment. With professional and qualified instructors, best-in-class towboats, and equipment, IPS Surf is more than ready to host you and your crew out on the lake this summer. It's just two and a half hours north of Boston, and to show our appreciation to our listeners, IPS Surf will be offering two very, very sick packages. We're going to have the normal guy package and we're going to have the lazy eye package. So let me tell you about these. All right. So the normal guy package, you're going to get 20% off a two hour individual session. So you can bring yourself and one of your friends with an IPS surf uh, instructor. This is more for the people that are really have an appetite to learn. The normal guy package gives you the best opportunity to focus and improve your skills out on the water. This two hour session will allow you for that ultimate one-on-one time with a professional instructor centralized on your development. Now, the lazy eye package. This is gonna be your squad package. This is gonna give you 20% off a full day. That's six hours out on the lake with your squad. You could bring eight, nine, 10 of your closest friends. It's perfect way to get the whole crew out there enjoying the magic of what IPS Surf has to offer. The lazy eye session will include everything you need for an exceptional day out on the lake with over seven different water sports to choose from. Guys, seven different water sports. You're gonna be able to mix and match with your favorite activities for the perfect session you have been dreaming about. We have all been dreaming about what next summer is gonna look like. This is an excellent idea for any family or friends outings, birthdays, it's just the perfect day out on the lake. And if you haven't seen any footage of like what IPS Surf has to offer, let me try and paint this picture. So one of the sports that they offer is called wake surfing, which is one of the coolest things that I've ever seen down on the lake. It's an endless wave created by the boat, and it basically allows you to surf this like clean and customizable wave with nothing directly attaching you to the boat. So they offer this like it's just this like you're you're surfing like I'm a SoCal kid, you're out there surfing, but you're out on the lake. They also have your favorites, including like water skiing and wakeboarding. They also offer more of those like technical sports for more of our advanced folks looking to step up their adventure game here, which is like barefoot skiing. You've seen those videos on on Instagram, wake kiting and surface latest phenomenon, hydrofoiling. So don't just take my word for it. Go visit IPS Surf and Water Sports up in Brigton, Maine, just two and a half hours from Boston to see for yourselves what the hype is all about. Go follow them on Instagram at IPS Surf and go over to IPSSurf.com to book those sessions. Now back to the interview. Yeah, so let's shift gears here a little bit. You talked a little bit about you know, your interviews with Russell Westbrook and James Harden and you know the Rockets have their stars and, and you've and you've you've done it across a couple teams now with the with yeah. the Spurs and the and the Cavs. Do you have a most memorable interview with a player or coach yet? Um I don't know if I had a most memorable. I've really enjoyed working with the guys here in Houston. They always kind of keep it entertaining. Russell Westbrook is the best interview. He's so great. Um I got to talk to Austin Rivers after he got his dad teed up down here and then thrown out, which was pretty amazing. Right. Um <laughs> Other than that, I mean, I can't say that there's been anything that I've been like, this was so funny. This was so great. Right. Um, I've worked with some really great guys along the way in San Antonio. Patty Mills was one of my favorite players I've ever worked with. He's just so nice and the best. That was one interview I did with him, which I didn't know. My first walk off with him, I had actually our host in my ear and he used to do the walk off interviews and he said, ask Patty a random question at the end of the interview, just like something completely random that makes no sense mm-hmm. because that's a running joke they used to have. And you don't want to understand how when you're going into an interview and you have like three, like a couple ideas of where you want to take the interview, depending on how you respond to think of any random question in the world is like, right. the you hardest can't think thing of ever. anything. <laughs> I'm like, you could have literally asked, 
are you hungry right now? Like literally anything. And I was like, I can't think of anything. Like literally yeah. nothing. I can't think of a question. Um, so I ended up asking him about the weather back in Australia and he was so caught off guard and it was actually hilarious because his response was like, I really don't know. <laughs> and it just went, and he was like, really caught me off guard. So that was a good one. But there, I haven't had like a big, like funny moment where I'm like, oh, that one I'll never forget. But um, I mean, every night is kind of memorable with this team right now. Um, right. For me, at least, working with some of these players that we have on this team is pretty cool and, and pretty special. Yeah, definitely some of the biggest characters in the NBA for sure. But I yeah. do have to ask, because I saw on your website, um, non-sports related, what was it like interviewing Travis Scott? Oh, yes, I did do that. Um, I was a little, so I get nervous when I, I, I always look up the heights of people because I'm six feet tall. <laughs> yeah. So I'm tall and right. I wear heels to games. So for basketball, it's great because I'm like eye to eye. Um, and everyone always is like, how tall is she? She looks like she's huge. She's face to face with these players. And he was like 5'10". So I was like, okay, I think it'll be okay. Like depending on how they do the camera angle, it should be right. fine. Right. Um, he was interesting. I, he wasn't really prepared for it, but it was his bobblehead night. Um, so it was cool to just talk to him. He used to be a ball boy for the Rockets when he was younger. So wow. he is like really ingrained with the Houston Rockets and the Houston community. So that was pretty cool for me. I was so excited. Usually I always ask my producer if I see a celebrity somewhere if I can interview them and they he always tells me no and I'm like come on and he's like no you're not doing it like every time we're in LA there's somebody and I'm like come on let me just ask and he's like no Kaylee so it was there his bobblehead night in Houston so I was like Perry please let me interview Travis Scott and he was like okay email PR and see if you can do it so they gave me the okay so I was pretty excited about that because I don't really get the opportunity to actually do any lifestyle people for the most part right um it's funny because I don't get starstruck in the slightest around a single athlete but like i'm just around them all the time that's just right, who it is right. but you throw a like kim kardashian in front of me and i will be like oh my god it's kim kardashian so <laughs> those are the people that i'm like starstruck by for yeah. absolutely no reason and other people see lebron james walk past them and they're like oh my god it's lebron james but it just is like another person to me at this point which is right. so crazy that i feel that way but i think when you just keep doing it year after year like it just becomes the norm and you realize that these guys are just people too and yeah um I think that's what I try to get across in most of my interviews with our players is like these guys are they're normal people too like yes they are superstar athletes but they can have a conversation with me all the time they when we see each other on the plane I'll get they joke around with me they poke fun at me about random right. things so it it's just it's 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 a cool experience for me for sure Definitely. And then have you had the Travis Scott meal yet? I have not. I'm not a big McDonald's fan. To okay. Be I, I'm not either. So, and I haven't had it either, but I feel like it was like, it had to, like someone listening to this episode is going to be like, you didn't ask about the yeah. Travis Scott meal after your interview with Travis Scott. But so I just I, had to do it. <laughs> someone told me that they had it and it wasn't that good. They were very underwhelmed. So I mean, it's just I'm a just cheeseburger. Not, right. It's, I'm it's, just I not... mean, it's a beautiful marketing ploy. Absolutely. Mm. Who They just got someone else to do it too. I oh, think. um, he's the, uh, the Puerto Rican. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I yeah. saw and I'm like, Oh, so this is the new, thing that's there oh, yeah doing. but it's, oh, yeah. it's an interesting i mean it's gonna get people in the door for sure oh it definitely did for yeah. sure <laughs> so talking a little bit about like your road trips and you know going to la or in, in doing that do you have a favorite road arena yet um hmm, i i'm thinking of location for myself which is the most interesting of how i judge an arena because I've got like, I, this was the first year that I traveled with the team fully. So this mm -hmm. was my first real time being on the road full time, um, experiencing, experiencing it also like being my first game at MSG, which is the arena I grew up going to was so right. cool, but the seating for the reporter is so bad that I was so disappointed <laughs> because I oh, had to man. balance my laptop on my lap the whole uh. time. So I'm up and down, up and down and like leaving my laptop on the chair. And I'm scared that someone walking by is going to like spill their beer on my laptop. Sure. So it's, um, the Staples Center is awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those really cool arenas. I really enjoyed going to Toronto. Um, that was a really cool arena too. And their fan base is so passionate and crazy and awesome. Portland too. Really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, every, it's just, each arena has their own feel. So yeah. it's, it's kind of embracing each place and being like, wow, this is another, another one to check off the list. It's really cool. So, uh, but those are probably three that I'd say I really, really enjoy going to. 
Wow, I mean, you're just not going to talk about Boston as a as a. I didn't go to not... Boston. I didn't okay, go to Boston. Okay. <laughs> it was a national game only. We didn't get to go, so I actually flew to New York straight, which was actually it worked out for me because it was a, I think it was an ABC game. So mm-hmm. when it's on ABC, we don't do the broadcast. Um, so I got to go to New York and actually go home for like two extra days, which was very nice. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So let's talk about the 2019-2020 NBA season for a little bit. So we talked a little bit about it before we, before we got on here, but March for everyone had many different things going on. Uh, everyone's, diff- everyone's, everyone's different world, everyone's different industry, their profession, all had different things happen. But take me yeah. back to your March when the NBA stops on an absolute dime and what's going, in, what's going on in Kaylee's world right now. Yeah, so we... Um... It was so funny because my mom was actually in Houston. And so that's why I remember it so well was we had, she was coming to these next two games and she ended up coming to the first one. Then the, the last game that we ended up having, she was debating whether or not to go because we like COVID was starting to pop up around the country. And we still didn't really know the extent of it at that point, but she was like, I just don't know if I should go. Right. Uh, if I'm I, like sitting next to a random person so close and I was like, honestly, mom, you can watch it on TV and you can watch my, me on TV, the broadcast, like that's what you probably want to do anyway. So right. I was like, whatever <laughs> you feel like doing, that's fine yeah. with me. And so she ended up actually going to the game, which is so crazy. Um, but that last game that we did, we started to get all these protocols because the Warriors had already shut down their arena, mm-hmm. but our game was still going on and we played Minnesota and we were starting to get all this information funneled in in terms of what we could do, um, what we couldn't do anymore. Like the locker room was closed all of a sudden. And then we still had our press conference with coach and the players, but we had to sit really far back, but we were still, I mean, it was still going through the motions of essentially everything that was normal to us. Right. And um, then I actually had the head of PR for the NBA call me because we were trying to figure out could we still do interviews? Could we not? And he was, he called me and said, you can still do an interview, but you have to have a boom mic. So the boom mic is one of those long ones on the stick. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, what the heck? Like, I'm going to have to <laughs> hold a boom mic to talk to whoever we get. But I was like, all right, well, we'll just have to figure it out. We'll see if we win. If we see if we want to do that, we don't know, but they're like no halftime interviews with coaches anymore. None of that. So I was like, this totally stinks, but We'll figure it out. And of course, like, again, at that point, we didn't know the extent of it. Like no one had really been affected by it. At this right. Point. So I was just like, this seems like it's crazy. And of course, everyone was joking me around with me, like saying like, they're acting like Kaylee must have COVID and all this stuff like that. And I mm-hmm. was, we just had no idea what was ahead of us. And so right. um, that game kind of went on as usual, no problem for us. And we ended up winning and I did get a a walk-off interview, but I couldn't do it on the court. I had to do it in the back of the, towards the locker room. And I I got Russell Westbrook and I used a boom mic and we we literally were going back and forth like this. And it was so strange. And I actually, from what I've seen, I think I'm the only, we're the only broadcast that did a a walk-off interview like that. No one else even did one. And then the next night, I was sitting on my couch watching the games and our Astros reporter actually texted me and I wasn't paying attention to Utah OKC. And she was like, what's going on with Utah OKC? And I'm like, I actually have no idea. And right. so I was watching the Dallas, whatever game was on ESPN. And yeah. so I am trying to get on league pass and I'm like, what the hell is happening? And then it's starting to come out and I'm following everything on Twitter. And it's like, Rudy sounds like Rudy Gobert has COVID. And then you see the video of him touching all the microphones earlier that day. And I was like, oh my God, what right. a nightmare. So I don't, I still at that point when the NBA was suspended, I don't think we had any idea what was going to happen and how serious this was going to get. Um, I know nobody expected to be out for four months like that, um, but it was kind of go with the flow and every day was just figuring out what we can do. They just, we re-aired games all the time and I was doing Zoom interviews with people trying to catch up with everybody and it was kind of this endless, we don't know when this is going to go back to normal. We don't know when we're going to do games again. We're just going to keep going with this for as long as we can before people tell us we can't do this anymore. And then finally the NBA came out and was like, yeah, we're going to go to Disney. And um, of course I was hoping that I would be able to go to the bubble as I'm sure many of the other regional reporters are just because we spend so much time around the team. So it was definitely a bummer for us that we weren't actually able to, to be able to go down there. But again, it was just one of those, all right, we're going back to work. Like we're just going to have to figure it out and adapt. And 
Um, it was a very different situation. And for us at our network, we have basketball and baseball. So we had the Astros starting literally five days before we were starting up again, which has never happened. So it was how do we juggle both of these sports right. at the same time and, and use the personnel that we have because our host usually hosts baseball and basketball. So I took over hosting basketball, which was great for me. I, I hadn't had the opportunity to full-time host all this time. So I was hosting pre-halftime and post and doing sideline, which was good for me because I, I just don't have the same access when I'm here in Houston compared right. to actually being there and being able to pull somebody off to the side for whatever. So it was one again, just one of those situations where we we had to figure out and adapt, like everybody else in the world is figuring out and adapting to their new normal as of right now. And um, it was definitely a challenge, but we got through it. We got through the games. It was definitely not perfect. It's it's hard to react to things um, when you're watching it on the screen instead of being there in person. Of course, no fans, yeah. but um, I just can't say enough about what the NBA was able to accomplish. No COVID test, no COVID positive test down in the bubble for. 110 days, I think. Right. Just, I mean, so, so incredible and really competitive games. Um, I think the, the playoffs were really enjoyable for the fans. I, I, I don't, yeah. you know, obviously they felt the empty gyms, but I think they did a really good job of making it feel lively for the viewers at home. And um, I just can't say enough about what Adam Silver and, and the NBA staff was able to do down there. Certainly. Yeah, I was just about to say, so you had a tweet on October 11th that, and I'll quote it. So, says, I don't think there's enough can be said about what the NBA was able to do successfully restart and finish the 2020 season with no positive cases on campus. Kudos to the commissioner and all those involved. And I, I completely agree. I mean, like it, it, it blows my mind that here we have an, a like very real life case study yeah. of, 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 of a bubble and it worked to a T and here yep. you have, you know, major league baseball got off to a rocky start not having a bubble the nfl is having its issues right now what why aren't we doing the same thing why like as a sport why can't you look at the nba and say that worked right and i think the nba was successful the wmba was successful um the women's soccer and wsl was successful um so it's it's proven that it works right. um i think it's harder to do it with those bigger teams. I know baseball is having them bubbled for the playoffs now, which is, it's just mm. hard. I think it just depends. Um, I mean, obviously baseball plays way more games and um, they tried to narrow it down. And, uh, you know, it, it, when you're not bubbling, it, it is just really difficult. And I think with football, it's the same way of, yeah. there's so many people that they'd have to bring in and the NBA limited each staff to, to very few. You had to bring the bare minimum of people down to the bubble. So it's, it works. Um, now do the, does the NBA want to do it again? I don't think so in terms of just it's so hard to be down there for that long and and of course they were able to bring family members and eventually if you got to a certain place but i can't imagine what it would have been like to live on that campus for three plus months and right. not be able to to go out um i know that the goal for the nba is to bring fans back certainly from a revenue standpoint that is a huge point of emphasis for the league but they are also very concerned with the health of their players. So yep. it's trying to strike a middle balance, which I just don't know. I don't know how, what the answer is. Um, I think for, for these sports like football and baseball, they have much bigger staffs and teams. So it's a little more challenging. Um, obviously football, is, it, it would be interesting because you can't keep them in a bubble all week. And when they play one game a week, that's, I think it's just challenging from that standpoint. Right. Um, but Agreed. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is because it, it clearly is proven that it works if you if you do it and you do it the right way and you make sure everyone is held accountable and working to these protocols. Yeah, and I and like I I agree with you completely. Like I think for a football team, it's much harder, especially you know with a one game a week schedule. Now it seems like we have football every single night because the <laughs> Sunday game got moved to Tuesday or whatever. But I think like I don't know, and I could be wrong and, and going up a wrong tree here, but like the like the commissioner of the NFL wants the NFL season to have a full season, yeah. give the fans a full season, give them a Super Bowl. Whether or not we have fans at the Super Bowl, it's going to stink as a fan, but like you still get to see your team win the Super Bowl, your least favorite team win the Super Bowl, whatever. But right. so I think, I don't know. I just think like there has to be 
that like itch on your shoulder to be like, we should bubble to have a successful season. I mean, the NBA did it. I don't know. I, it's just my thought, I guess. And it'll be interesting to see once the playoffs come around, like baseball yeah. wanted to make sure that they finished this season. So they're in a bubble now and that's, it is what like they had to agree to that. So uh, I think maybe that it'll be interesting to see once that comes around, once the actual playoffs come around for football, will they decide, okay, if you're going to be, moving on in the playoffs you guys have to agree to stay in this bubble for the next few weeks because we just want to make sure that this gets done and I think at the end of the day all of these leagues want to crown a champion in in one way or the other and if that means bubbling for a few weeks because of what we are experiencing as a world right now I think that that's something that hopefully these players all agree to um, sacrifice a little bit because especially if they can get through the regular season as bumpy as it may be if you can get to the playoffs and then agree to bubble for a few weeks I seems like it's the best situation but we'll see what happens definitely so what is your biggest takeaway from this wild ride of an nba season um i had such a great year it was my obviously my first season here and i could have never expected what it was going to look like i thought i would be literally doing probably in a preseason game right now um that's what i expected to be in in the starting up my second season so um it was crazy but it was awesome I so much enjoyed working for this team and and being here I have the best producers and directors and all of my uh, the fellow analysts and play-by-play guys here are just so amazing and they welcomed me in and it was awesome I got to build really great relationships with the the staff here and the PR staff and and the players as well so it was nothing like I could have expected but it was amazing in its own way and I'm looking forward to however we get to call games next season whenever that is I know we're all anxious to find out when that's going to be for us we're waiting on a new head coach so that's our next thing in line down in Houston so anxious to get to meet this new head coach whenever that happens and then just anxious to get back to work because I know that's what we all enjoy like I, I love my job so much and I whether I'm in a studio or I get to be back at a game or fans or no fans, I I'm just looking forward to, to being back there and calling basketball again. Definitely. And so the 2021 season is rumored to kick off on Christmas day. What are you most excited about in that new season moving forward? Um, I'm really excited to just see how it all plays out. Honestly, I think that's everyone's kind of just holding their breath to see when we're going to start what it's going to look like. Um, I know that's kind of where we're at from our standpoint. I don't really know what's going to happen because we don't even have a coach yet. So for us, I have a lot of things up in the air. I'm excited to meet the coaching staff, see what the team does in free agency. We don't have a draft pick, but do we get a draft pick? There's so much to look forward to over the next few months. So um, I don't have a lot of answers yet for what I'm looking forward to, but I'm just excited to see what the next few weeks, months hold for us because I think it's going to get a little crazy. Oh, it, it definitely is. I think it's just beginning. I mean, yes. obviously we just crowned the Lakers and LeBron, but uh, it, it now, it, now the fun begins, I think. <laughs> yes, absolutely. What's the biggest goal for you personally going into the 2021 season? Um, I think it's just to continue to grow as a reporter. Um, for me, I work with a broadcasting coach very closely and we go through my clips uh, as often as I can. Unfortunately, not as often as I hope I could now because my schedule is quite busy, but um, (laughs) I really enjoy getting her feedback and critique and getting better as a reporter in in other, in a lot of ways. I know for me personally, I talk really fast. So it's trying to remind myself to slow down when I talk, um, but hopefully to have the opportunity to host more as well and um, just continue to build my resume and rapport with our team and, um, hopefully make a good run at the playoffs. I, I'm anxious to be able to travel with this team when we're in the playoffs. It was right. unfortunate that we didn't get to do it this year, but I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this team does, what a new coaching staff coming in will do with this group. Um, they obviously have some really special players on this team, so I'm excited to see what the potential is for this group next year. Next year. Definitely. And I, I also talk way too fast, and, and that's one thing that I'm working on with this podcast, oh so I'm right there with you. <laughs> So I just talk so fast and my yeah. mom will always tell me just slow down. Like you literally, I don't even know what you said because you talk so fast and I'm like, okay. And it's so much easier said than done. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Slow down, slow down. And then I get to talking and it's like, forget it. That's exactly how I am. And sometimes I watch a clip back and I'm like, 
oh my God, I just said that so fast. I couldn't even understand what I said. What, how did, how is nobody in my ear being like, take a breath? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're repeating that and you're like, oh, oh God. <laughs> I literally will tell myself before I go on camera, I'm like, slow, slow. And then sometimes yeah. you just don't even, you're just get, you're in the moment and it just comes out so fast and you're like, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you have like a dream sporting event that you want to be reporting at that maybe isn't NBA related? Cause I'm, yes. I'm sure the finals, right? Everyone. Yeah. But my dream have- reporting is the final four. That is yes. peak, peak, peak goal goals, literal absolute goal of mine is to oh. do a final four dream is to do a final four that Providence is in. Um, right. They have those team streams now where they do, if a team gets to the final four, they do on the, the like TBS channels and the, the TNT channels where they'll do a, a broadcast based on the team. So right. I'm like dreaming and hoping that Providence gets to a final four and they'll ask me to do the Providence stream. That's yes. like my goal. You That's and Nick Rojas would be perfect. Oh my God. I would love that so much. It would be the best. Yeah. Oh, that, oh let's get them to a final. Four. We're literally sitting here in our Providence gear. We're like, we're all fired out right my, now. My producer calls me Providence. Literally, that's how he, he, he'll tell me the Providence scores in my ear if we're playing at the same time as the Rockets. He, he, I told him if we even go to a sweet 16, that I'm going to have to take off work. And he said, you can't. And I said, well, I'm going to like, I was like, and if there's, and if God forbid they make it to a final four, like literally I'm off for a week because I don't care if we have seven games, I will be off the entire time. Definitely. Do you have, do you have predictions for this year's Friar squad? I don't even know if we're going to have a season. I hope we can. I really hope we can. But do you have any predictions? I don't because I was riding so high on the Friars last season. I was like, we're going to, we're going to the final four. Like I was, I'm, I'm the lowest of low with us. Like at the beginning of the season, I was like, we're the worst team in in, in college basketball. We are so bad. I can't watch them anymore. And then we won like eight straight and I'm like, we're never losing again. I just can't, I'm just on this roller coaster ride with this team. So I don't know what to expect. I feel like we kind of lost a lot. Um, mm. But I love David Duke. I love AJ Reeves. I think they have a good core there. Um, I hope that Nate Watson can really step up this season. I think um, he's a diamond in the rough. That's my prediction. He's got to be the X factor. Yes, he really 100%, does. So 100%. I'm really interested to see what happens if we have some extra magic from last season left over. Yes. Um, I don't know a lot about the transfers, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. I, I haven't I really can't looked keep up into now. it. It's, yeah, I know it's, it's hard. so hard. So once the season gets going, I'll, I'll be up to speed on them. But from yeah. trying to follow it in the off season, I, I, there's too much. I just can't. It's so much going on. I I will say, like, I was right there in your camp, too. Like, I was at the Villanova game when we beat Villanova in Philadelphia. Me, too. I was there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, like, and that was like literally the last sporting event I've ever been to since. And like, I, oh my gosh, I'm going to tell this story because it was so funny. We were like the only two Providence people in that entire building. There's like, there were some, there was like up in the, up in the top right, there were a few, but it felt like, even though it was Villanova spring break, it felt like very much, uh, obviously Villanova home game. But I mean, from the first bucket we made, I was just the most obnoxious. I said everything clean, but I was the most obnoxious Friar fan, Uh. obviously. And like we're coming down the we're coming down the stretch and we're up by four and I I don't know who hit it but it was like a dagger three and it, I mean after that it was over and I just like I lost it and these four year old like could not have been seven could not have been seven oh, no. a group of four of them like obviously like it was a, it was a Saturday so it's like their Saturday you know yes. mom and dad took them to the game got to bring right. their friends I get I start going crazy because we're, we're we won this game and one of them screams out go die in a hole and I. Like, I'm like, I'm an Eagles fan too. So like, I'm like, this is my Philadelphia moment. Like this seven-year-old telling me to die in a hole is exactly what I needed. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's unbelievable. We had, we had a good crew. I had two of my girlfriends from, from Providence come. Mm. Some of my guy friends were there too. So we had a nice little Providence crew. It was fun. That was when the Rockets actually played in Boston. So we didn't get, I didn't work it. So I got to go home. So I was like, I saw Providence was playing in Philly. I was like, I'm going to Philly. Yeah. And I'll, so it was the best. It was, it was such a good win. And then after that, I was like, we're never going to lose again. And then, and then we couldn't play again. We didn't. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Went from uh, high to low again, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> well, Kaylee, this has been an absolute blast. I really appreciate you coming on, and especially as a fellow friar, just getting to chat with you is always a blast. I do have one last question for you that we ask everyone on the show. So I know you still have plenty more to do, plenty more to, uh, to see in your career, but if you were to write your autobiography right now, what would be the title of it and why? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ooh. Um... It's a typical response that we get when we ask this question. That's really tough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually don't know. That's like, that's really, really tough. Um, hmm. I might have to get back to you on that. I would, I'm trying to think of the right word that would encompass unexpected but exciting at the same time. I don't know what it, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is right now, but it would be something along the lines of an unexpected journey that has its highs and lows and takes you to places that you never expected in a good way. But it's, 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 a, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I really don't know. That's a really right. good question and you totally stumped me. Um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I have Thank to get you. back to Thank you on you. that one. <laughs> great journalism no, we, it's, question. It's, it's so funny too. Like I've had a couple of people like right away know exactly what they yeah. wanted to answer. Like Garrett Gomez, like I before I even got the question out, Garrett Gomez, the, the hockey player from Providence, he like yeah. he knew right away. And then like a lot of people, like one person asked me like, what would mine be? Like they needed inspiration. That was fun. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it, but like a lot of people will say like something along the lines and, and it, that always works. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'll have to get back to you on that. I really don't know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, we, we got time to write it. We don't have to. Write there we it go. Yeah, we yeah. got some time stuff. <laughs> well, Kaylee, thank you again so much. This has been an absolute blast, and we will definitely keep in touch. And as always, go Friars. Go Friars. Thank you so much for having me. I'll talk to you soon. So, a huge shout out to Kaylee Griffin for coming on this week's podcast. I had an absolute blast hearing all the stories of really quite a, a wild industry during this time and I wish her all the best in this 2020 season with the Houston Rockets such a cool story about interviewing Travis Scott and I hope this is the year that Kaylee gets a Gatorade shower I'm 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 convinced it's going to happen so Kaylee if you're listening to this be sure to be ready for a Gatorade shower I think it's coming your way I think your Super Bowl moment is finally here uh be sure to go check her out on Instagram I'll leave descriptions to all things Kaylee in the description of this week's podcast be sure to follow us on Instagram at normal guy, lazy eye, a big shout out to everybody who's been listening to the, to these podcasts. We're 20 episodes down. I've had an absolute blast, but you, the listeners are the absolute best. So thank you guys so, so much. Please continue to follow us along. Tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell your parents if they know how to listen to podcasts. I, I still am not convinced my dad knows, but anyways, I will see you guys all next week. <laughs>